Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number three on FST, Mike Blue and Joe Galena. Getting through it, talking NFL draft. We'll swing it back over to MLB in a minute. But um, since we kept keep getting into um, the players and the needs and everything else, and, and there is so much uh, content to cover for the NFL draft, you know, there's a lot of different angles, obviously. We're trying to figure out, first of all, for many of you, who the hell these players are, right? Um, for those of you not intimately familiar with college football, it's, you know, what do you really know about Miles Sanders? Or uh, Emery mentioned Dexter Williams from Notre Dame. He's a guy that's like a top 10 running back in this draft, but that might not, we might not see him picked till day three. You know, that's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of time that could go by before he's picked, but he could still be an impact player. Um, for a lot of the fantasy community has embraced that running backs don't matter. And I think to some extent that's true. It's, it's what's around you. Um, you know, one other thing that Emery said that, you know, the Miami thing, I, I totally would understand if Brian Flores is like, I don't want to work with Fitzpatrick as like my main option here. We're, we're going to, you know, what if we win like three games and then I'm out of here because mm-hmm. we, we had a three and thirteen season, like Steve Wilkes did. Well, I just think they have so many holes. The Dolphins do mm-hmm. that they really should move back. It doesn't mean they can't take a quarterback if they obtain multiple picks. Like maybe they end up with Daniel Jones because they're later in the first round or, or or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe they trade with the Steelers. The Steelers go up and take the linebacker, and then they're down at 20, and Drew Locke is there, and they take Drew Locke or they take Daniel Jones, whatever. The, it seems like there's going to be three or four quarterbacks taken, right? Hat, uh, Murray, Haskins, Locke. Daniel Jones. That seems to be the top mm-hmm. four. We throw Will Greer's name out there. I think he's likely second round. And then Ryan Finley as well from NC State. Those are probably the guys. But I've said this before. Even if you don't think Daniel Jones or hell Haskins or Locke are first round picks, they'll probably get drafted in the first round. Just like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. They'll move. Somebody will move back up into the first round to take one of these guys, so that they have him on the fifth year. It's a big reason why why you see that kind of stuff. Getting an extra year out of a quarterback's contract is 
important for a couple of reasons. One, you're getting an extra year to evaluate him, right? Can kind of kick the can down the road like the Bucks and the Titans are doing right now with Jameis and uh, Mariota, respectively. The Jags did that to some extent with Bortles. Even though they probably didn't feel good about it, they gave him an extra year to see if maybe he can turn it around in year five, right? That that first-round pick having the fifth-year option is really important for teams to continue to evaluate. And, by the way, if it's going well, you can extend him, but you don't have to. You can just exercise the fifth-year option, and it still won't be quite market value, right? So... Mm-hmm. So that that's why you'll see probably a fourth quarterback get drafted. I I I imagine Jones, Haskins, Locke, and Murray all make it into the first round. I, I don't see a fifth one. I don't see Will Greer necessarily being a reach, but it wouldn't stun me if somebody really if teams traded back out of the early to mid second round to draft a quarterback. You know, if the Bengals mm-hmm. wanted to do something like that, if the Bengals passed or the Broncos passed with their original picks and then trade it back into the end of the first round to take one of those guys. That seems to be a strategy that one of these teams can employ, like the Ravens did last year with Lamar Jackson. It's possible, and you bring up the great point about having that fifth year as well in terms of, you know, sometimes maybe let's say you draft a quarterback thinking that uh, his skill set would work best with one scheme or with one group of players, but you know, you could take that year after year after year of building, you know, players around that uh, that quarterback that might help him to, uh, you know, progress. So, you brought up a very good point. So, um, as far as other, you know, other fantasy options, just, you know, Josh Jacobs, that's the running backs is all going to matter where they go. Right. We see impact, impactful running backs that were not first round picks. We saw what happened with the Chiefs last year. Kareem Hunt. He wasn't a first round pick. He gets released. Then they bring in Damian Williams. He wasn't a first round pick and he's fine. You know, every time mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if the offense is legit. Then it keeps going. Todd Your Gurley, team, the Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> didn't matter. You know, they right? Yeah. You have a you have a good scheme. You have a good offensive line. Yeah. God, the only I think the only pick I got right two years ago was that the Steelers were going to draft James Conner at some point, and it was like the third or fourth round when they got him, because um, I really thought they needed a guy like that, a guy that had some potential, and they could back up to Le'Veon Bell. I didn't suspect that he was going to be starting the entire year next last year, but uh, I didn't think Le'Veon Bell was playing all of the year. So anyway, um, so Josh Jacobs, you could see some other guys. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if in this latest mock. Henderson. Daryl Henderson. Maybe Henderson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see some other guys in here. Miles Sanders. Or Devin Singletary, maybe. Him. Maybe. Ran a really slow time, which worried people. He ran like a four six six at the combine, which is brutal. Damian Harris, the other Alabama right. running back, that's a possibility. Montgomery right there. from Iowa State, maybe. Yes, David Montgomery. Maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, we're just rattling off these guys because of you know the possibility for them to be impactful fantasy players. I, I've mentioned JJ right. Montgomery White catch the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> JJ Arcega Whiteside is a guy that I mentioned a lot mm-hmm. of receiver. We see other guys like Miles Boykin, uh, Notre Dame, Nikhil Harry. We mentioned Debo Samuel, 
from South Carolina. He could be an interesting slot receiver. Mm-hmm. So uh, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, more productive than D.K. Metcalf. We mentioned Paris Campbell. Um, so these are the names that you're going to – Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Uh, I'll name one or two more. Uh, Kahali Waring from San Diego State is a tight end that didn't start playing football until his senior year in high school. So he walked on at San Diego State, earned a scholarship, played a couple of years, and here he is in the NFL draft and considered to be a top five tight end. Um, and Andy Kelvin Isabella. Harman, that's Kelvin Harmon from NC, NC State, State, yes. And mm-hmm. Andy Isabella, who we mentioned in the previous one of the previous segments, he's going to be like a, a – he and Debo Samuel are going to be the slot receivers coming out of this draft that people will be enamored with. Maybe other guys get put into the slot, but that's interesting. Riley Ridley, Calvin's younger brother, will be a potential impact wide receiver as well. So Hakeem Butler is the last name I'll mention. He's huge. Just 6'5". He ran a four four eight. Um, in this mock draft that I'm reading right here, it's uh, Todd McShay. He has him going to Carolina at 77, so early third, early-ish, third round, early to mid, third round. That would be pretty interesting. They just had mm-hmm. a huge wide receiver that didn't work out in Devin Funches. That was a project. Would they want to take on another project wide receiver? Um, <laughs> but they need somebody opposite DJ Moore. That would be an interesting choice right there. Um, Cam's completion percentage went up last year, but he was throwing so many passes close to the line of scrimmage. CMC too, yeah. 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 So, anyway. Hey, what are your Steelers do, by the way? Here. Steelers are going to hit the defense, right? right? Do they look for uh, Antonio Brown replacement? Uh, and then they get uh, the, the kid they drafted the last year, uh, James Washington. No, not the first yeah. round. Uh, no, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they hit, what, defense first, and then maybe eventually look for, uh, try to find another wide receiver. I mean, they've always been good at finding one. <laughs> I think, yeah, they have been, certainly, for this decade, they've been great at it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think they're going to roll. They signed Dante Moncrief. Yep. So James Washington, a year older, it, a little more yeah, experience. Yeah, look, you, you can't spend a top – you can't spend a second-round pick on, on a guy like James Washington and not expect them to be able to step in here and play. He's right, not Juju. Right, right. He's not the same type of mm-hmm. player, but – Smith-Schuster's been a grand slam, not just a home run. That's a grand slam pick. He's a second year mm-hmm. in the league, and the guy's got 200 catches, and he's been awesome. He was the team MVP last year. So mm-hmm. Dante Moncrief is a nice guy to have in there. I do think they add depth. Is it in the first two rounds? I'm not sure. But based on all those names I rattled off, and we just talked about Hakeem Butler being a third-round pick mm-hmm. according to a recent mock draft, I could see them doing something then. Um, but I think linebacker is really important for them. And if they don't get one of the two Devons, uh, I think you'll look, they'll look for some other options in round two or move around in round one or round two to get it. Um, so I, I, I just think that's such a glaring need that they'll have to address it. They can all, it's the back seven of the defense is what they're, they need to address mostly. I think they want it to be a linebacker, but if it was a different position, I think that would be okay as well. Uh, I saw, even saw where uh, they – yeah, yeah. And I even saw uh, where eventually they might want to uh, get a, a quarterback uh, to play on the other side of uh, Joe Hayden. 
so, so somebody, yeah, Artie uh, Burns hasn't mock, worked out. Who, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody uh, did a mock where uh, Byron Murphy from Washington, uh, they took him in the first round. I, I think that's entirely possible. Like, here's the yeah. here's their deal right now. They drafted Terrell Edmonds as a safety in the first round last year. Sean Davis a safety three years ago in the second round. Those are going to be the starting safeties, even though Davis has been a mixed bag. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, they have Joe Hayden <clears throat> there. They had <clears throat> they had Mike Hilton in the slot or, or as the nickel. He played okay. Bud Dupree is in there at $9 million, the first-round pick from 2015. I would I think it's safe to say that that first-round pick has not worked out, but he's on the team for this year. If he is productive, maybe they give him an extension. But if he's looking for big money, he'll walk. He's only going to get a, a extension from the Steelers if he plays great and he doesn't demand big money. So he's likely to be his last year on the team. So that's why right. they could go outside linebacker or edge rusher um, at the position. They could. Like if Brian Burns from Florida State was there, they could do that um, as T.J. Watt and, and others develop. But they, they can't roll in with the middle linebacking core that they have right now. Vince Williams played mm-hmm. fine. John Bostic was a liability. They signed Mark Barron. They just need... The back seven of the defense is, is what that first pick will be. I'd be stunned if it was anything else. I really would be. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. As far as other teams are concerned, you know, we've seen uh, – I, I do think it it will be interesting in that I think we'll see some trades. I, I, I've said this before. You know, the capping of the, uh, the rookie cap several years back was – the biggest offshoot of it was that teams weren't hamstrung by bad contracts for unproven rookies. That was the biggest offshoot. But the second and and the the biggest ancillary benefit was that it made the draft more fun. Teams are willing to move and pay a price for guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's expensive to move up and down, but at least it's not expensive on your salary cap. It's expensive in draft capital. I think more and more teams are understanding that draft capital and having a lot of it is what's important. So um, that's why the Raiders have acquired a bunch of picks. That's why the Patriots and Eagles are looking, staring down 12 picks. I think the Giants are as well. So as, as much as the Giants, I, I don't appreciate what they've been doing. At least they have a lot of picks to try to correct some of their previous mistakes. But do you trust the guys that are picking to to fill those holes? Right, right. I think the Texans could be an interesting team that uh, might they have two second round picks, right? Let's say if they trade yeah. uh, one of their second rounders and their first, then move up, you know, a little higher in, let's say, into the the teens or so, because they really need a lot of offensive line help, right? And there's they do uh, they could you know yeah. So. I think they need volume. Mm-hmm. So you're right; they do have the ability to move up. So if they really see an offensive lineman that they like, they should move up and take him. But I think they need volume. I think they need multiple mm-hmm. offensive linemen. So I think those yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could spend both second-round picks or they could spend a first- and second-round pick on offensive line. And then, as Emery said, Will Fuller's injury history is, is so significant at this point yes. in his career mm-hmm. that you can't consider him to be a reliable long-term option on your team. I think he's a really it's such talented a shame player. because him and Watson it is a shame they really connected, you know. I mean, and who knows? He could explode this year and stay healthy. But again, mm-hmm. as a team, you have to be thinking 
well, this just keeps happening. Uh, we can't we can't rely on him. He's a first round pick, and he just keeps getting injured. So, um, so there you go. That's it. I mean, I, I'm excited about the draft. Hopefully, you all are too. We're going to do a ton of coverage on it, not just on Thursday night, but in, in the days succeeding, preceding and succeeding that. Um, but it should be a good time on uh, next Thursday. So um, I know a lot of you are holding your breath and you get excited this time of year, but it should be wild. A couple of years ago, we didn't expect the Bears to move up and take Trubisky, but they spent a ton on him. And I'm not. A, I'm still not a big believer in Trubisky, but he's in a great offensive system. They've got a lot of weapons. <clears throat> they made the playoffs. They could have had a playoff win, save for a tipped field goal. And that really, yeah. <laughs> the Bears' season ended on such a sour note that it threw cold water on what was an overall successful season. If the Bears had just come out of that game with the field goal made, you, everything else was gravy. It just ended on a really bitter note. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're known, what, for the defense at this stage, right? And uh, uh, they've made some interesting moves. Jordan Howard replaced him with Mike Davis. Uh, wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, like you mentioned, Trubisky a year older. It'll be an interesting team to watch. I mean, obviously driven by that defense, but got to score some points too and like you mentioned, that uh, just clanged off the uh, the that field goal. It would have been a different story. We, <laughs> yeah, and, and they're rolling right uh, right now with Tariq Cohen. He's their lead back, so the Bears could yeah. conceivably be drafting somebody in the middle rounds here too. Yeah. Um, Don't count out Mike Davis though. No, I know you can't count him out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know we'll we'll get into. Uh, so, yeah, the Pats and the Eagles have the most picks. They're looking at 12 picks. And beyond that, you got some teams like the Cardinals with 10 picks and the Bengals with 11. A lot of maneuvering to be done. We're going to come right back. We'll turn it back over to baseball after this. It's Mike and Joe on FST. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on FST, headed towards 11 o'clock. George Kurtz and Cam Stewart will be on with the weekend fantasy update in this league after that. Bogman and uh, Welsh and Bogman. Welsh and Bogman? Bogman and the Welsh? I just mixed that up. So, (laughs) that's my bad, guys. So, uh, just a little bit of news that you may have heard uh, this week that we came out with a big announcement. Uh, We will be launching SportsGrid, which is the name of our parent company. We'll be launching a 24-hour sports betting network. Uh, We are partnering with SportsRadar. So, SportsRadar and SportsGrid announced an ambitious new programming partnership. (coughs) 
This is all, by the way, courtesy of Legal Sports Report. I'm just reading their report on it. In the overlap between sports and gambling, the joint venture will include around-the-clock sports betting content broadcast via a proprietary platform. So the partnership marries sports radars, ad tech, OTT technology, and data with sports grids, engaging original programming, providing fans with accurate coverage and analysis of stats and odds across professional sports. So our president, Lou Mayone, called the sports radar deal game-changing for our company. And this partnership showcases our combined vision of delivering the true convergence of content, data, and gaming to the millions of sports fans craving this informative and entertaining programming. Joining forces with sports ra- Sport Radar instantly affords Sports Grid with the ability to provide unquestionable best-of-breed sports wagering programming. So... There you go. So we're going to be in the competition with, like everybody else. It's going to be the first 24-hour free sports betting network. So um, in that sense, we're going to be all right. We're going to be able to find us on all these platforms. Uh, it's going to be coming out at some point this year. I don't have dates or anything like that, but it should be pretty cool. And if you want to take a look at it, uh, feel free to get on uh, our Twitter feed at FNTSY Radio or do some searching and you'll see a little bit about what they're going to bring to the table. So there's going to be a lot of data that Sport Radar is able to mine, combine it with our programming, right. our hosts, uh, and you'll see a sports betting network. Uh, frankly, I don't think there's been That's... discussions as to exactly who's going to be on that yet. You may see us. You may see other people. Uh, but we'll still also maintain the fantasy sports radio and bringing you the fantasy sports information that you need. What I'm looking forward to is it's going to make us better at what we do, Mike, because, like you mentioned, we're getting that data from uh, Sports Radar. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, Uh, Sport Radar, really big company, really big data, sport data company. I've been familiar with them for a long time. So I can tell you it's a company that uh, anybody would be excited to be uh, associated with. So uh, good stuff there. Um, Back to baseball. Uh, we talked a lot of football here today. Obviously, that's in part because almost entirely due to the fact that we have the NFL draft coming up. But uh, MLB. So other stories that happened uh, most recently. I'm seeing Shohei Otani is, is starting to throw now. I think you'll, you'll start to see him get back into the swing of things. What is an expectation for when Otani is going to come back? Uh, I think they had always said it would be uh, like early to mid-May, but uh, I I was watching some video where he was actually uh, in the batting cage yesterday and, uh, you know, everyone's so psyched about it that even, you know, StatCast was uh, measuring his exit velocity and whatnot. He hit at least one ball into into the stands. And if there's one thing, I mean, obviously he's exciting to watch as a pitcher, but just his uh, potential as a, as a, as a hitter, uh, if you look at his stats, they were (laughs) very, very good. And, uh, you know, with the, uh, configuration of the, the Angels, man. They could really use his bat in the lineup every day. So it's exciting for baseball. More than just him, I think. So yeah, uh, but it helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, you know they're currently eight and twelve, uh, bringing up the rear. But the Red Sox have the worst record in the American League. Oh my. So uh, at seven and thirteen, along with the Royals. Uh, so they're struggling. Obviously, uh, you know, early season blues. Uh, World Series hangover, call it what you will. Uh, the only team worse than the Sox right now are the Marlins at five and fifteen. So they got some work to do, but there's a long way to go. We're not even at the end of April. 
They're seven games mm-hmm. back of the Rays. The Yankees are four and a half back of the Rays. The Rays are at 14 and six. The Rays are playing 700 ball. I think the Rays are real. But, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the division. But, they're the best record uh, in the major they are, right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they will be, a, in my opinion, a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the year. Yeah. They're not going to go uh, away. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. So, mm-hmm. uh News related to my fantasy team. Kyle Hendricks got a win last night. Uh, Cubs get the win over the D-backs last night. The D-backs added Blake Swiart, Swiart in a trade with the Red Sox yesterday, by the way. So uh, just a quick note there on the Diamondbacks. But Kyle Hendricks comes in, throws seven innings. We're talking about guys not throwing a lot of innings. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, and 11 Ks. That's the Kyle Hendricks that I drafted, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, he's always been a guy that has uh, put good uh, numbers, ERA, whip-wise, not really a strikeout pitcher. But just in general, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, the um, uh, Cubs starting pitching has been uh, pitching well. I think they have a, they're have they on a 16-winning streak, and during that streak, the uh, Cubs starters have an ERA uh, below one. So overall, uh, Jose Quintana's been pitching better. Uh, John Lester's on the IL, but he's close to coming back. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Cubbies uh, moving forward. That's a tough division, too, that uh, that uh, NL no Central. Uh, Cubbies is a 9-9. Yeah. 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 Pedro Strop, uh, he gets the save last night, his second of the year. Chris Bryant with a couple of RBIs last night. Two for four, run scored, and the two ribbies. Hitting 235, but see, hopefully he can pick those RBI numbers up. That's eighth on the season. Contreras, another RBI, his 13th, and Rizzo with an RBI. Uh, his 11th of the season. Uh, Ave Baez, 0 for 5 last night, so that's a tough one. Uh, on the Diamondback side of things, uh, Kelly takes the loss last night. Merrill Kelly takes the loss. He is 1-2 <laughs> on the season, 6 hits, 3 earned runs, 7 walks in 3 and 2 thirds innings, yeah. Joe. Yeah, you're not going to win when you do that. And I, I chuckled because I, I thought back to I was watching the uh, highlights of this game. The winds were whipping all over the place. And oh, really? at, at one point, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a short pop up uh, to uh, just uh, beyond second base. And you had the winds whipping and, and there were four uh, Diamondbacks just watching the ball because they didn't know who should, you know, who should get it because uh, it, it just dropped in in, in in between them. But, yeah, uh, Kelly is a guy. I think he uh, came over from, from the uh, Korean Baseball League, right? And uh, everyone was hoping that he'd be the next Miles Mikolas. And, look, he still might have, uh, you know, some, some good starts in him. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to win when you don't have control like that. That's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, on the hitting side of things, <clears throat> they only knocked in one run. That RBI goes to Danny Peralta. And Walker, two for four. Kettle Marte, two for four. So uh, that's it for that game. Uh, flip the page over to the Red Sox, who got a win over the race last night. We talked about both of those teams already. Uh, let's see. Home run for on the race side of things. Home run for Brandon Lowe. He goes one for four with an RBI. Diaz coming on that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yandy Diaz, two for four, uh, batting leadoff, uh, two for three last night. He's a run scored last night. Uh, Let's see who else. Avisail Garcia hit a bomb last night. A bomb. Just, Mm -hmm. uh, was it? Oh, wait. No, I was looking. I'm sorry. I was looking at a different highlight. He's one for four with an RBI. He did not hit a home run. That's fine. I tell you, uh, two, two, two bombs last night. One was Trevor Story, 
And uh, one was a guy that I know you own in our league, and everyone was uh, trying to trade, take him from you, tr- trade you for him, is Yohan Mankata. Hit a, hey, where the uh, hell would I trade bomb. that guy? The second I traded him, everybody's like, I'll give you, uh, what do you want from Mankata? I'm like, no. The whole reason I drafted him is because I'm expecting this. Right, 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 and he's lowered his strikeouts. Yeah, he, he's uh, you know he's having a very good year. Uh, and look, the guy just uh, you know I know we're going off because you were talking about a different game, but Mankata, that's okay. Uh, just yeah, just having a phenomenal year. And to me, the biggest thing, like I mentioned, is uh, I think at this point in his uh, year last year last season, he had thirty five strikeouts. He's cut that down to twenty, so that's a good sign because that's always been. I think he led the league with two hundred seventeen strikeouts last season. So yeah, that's uh, rough. He, un- underlying. Good talent, and and uh, it's good to see him getting things going in the right direction. So yeah, hold on to him. So but far. if you want to trade him, if you want to trade him, talk to me first. <laughs> sure. Six homers, eighteen RBIs, three hundred twenty-one. Don't hold your breath waiting for the trade offers uh, to, to uh, unload Moncada. Uh, even if the, cri- the strikeouts creep up, you know this is what we're looking for. Um, the power. Mm-hmm. Um, OPS, it's uh, OPS at 990 right now. So uh, early, these stats will obviously adjust, and sure. we'll see some regression. But the power early is a good thing. He had 17 mm-hmm. homers last year with the 217 strikeouts. You know, we might see seven or eight homers by the time we even leave April. So that's uh, a good thing. Right. He could be a 2020 guy this year, you know, easily. That'd be great. You know, 20 love homers, that. 20 steals, yeah. Yep, I love that. That's you know, that's that would look good on my team. Comeback. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not easy exactly. to come by. So, uh, <laughs> well, twenty and, steals might be a little ambitious on my part, but he had twelve still, last season. So, still, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jose yeah. Abreu last night he uh, total, yeah. So he did not hit a homer, but a two for five with a couple mm-hmm. of ribbies. Uh, Yonder Alonso one for five with an RBI. So. Uh, just kind of trolling around these uh, box scores last night to keep you updated. George Springer, he's two for three last night. A couple of walks in RBI. Altuve, two for five. He's hitting 316 on the season. Three RBIs for him. My boy Alex Bregman, yard work, two for five with a run. Uh, scored, did he? Yeah, Homer Bregman. Where am I? I think he had a home yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, two for mm-hmm. five. Yep. Uh, with that solo homer, he's hitting two ninety five on the season. Your guy, who you you've mentioned before, Michael Brantley, he's one for four mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. night with a run scored. So they put up yep. seven runs uh, last night on the unfortunate uh, Drew Smiley. God, this guy, I, mean, I feel like Drew Smiley's been around for my entire life. I, I don't know why he's that kind of guy to me, but he is. He's only 29, but I feel like he's been around mm-hmm. forever. So he takes the loss, gave up four earned runs in three and two-thirds. Justin Verlander threw seven strong last night. You mentioned him earlier in the show. Eight strikeouts, mm-hmm. three walks, three hits yeah. in seven innings. So a big outing for Verlander. He's 3-0 and on the year. Yeah, uh, and uh, it just it, it's amazing how he kind of rejuvenated uh, once he got traded to the uh, the Astros. Because when he was with the Tigers, I mean, he obviously put together some tremendous seasons, but it looked like he was his career was on the downturn. And I, I don't know if it's uh, you know uh, kudos to the Astros, you know, uh, and, and maybe he, I'd have to take a look at his stats and take a look to see if he made some changes in the type of pitches he throws, but he's just been insane since then. Uh, pitched some uh, tremendous games in the playoffs against uh, our Yankees and stuff. And in that game also, Altuve hit his eighth home run. Yeah, you know, I was watching uh, 
you know, uh, clips of this game, I didn't realize how jacked <laughs> Altuve is. And I've, I've watched him play in the past, too. But, you know, he's a little guy. But, you know, I yeah. guess he was wearing like a, a short sleeve shirt. He's, he's got some uh, he's got some, uh, some biceps there. Tickets yeah. to the gun show yeah, for Altuve. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, great player. <laughs> Just like a freakishly talented baseball player. Doesn't matter that he's short. Yeah. Like he's a freakishly talented Absolutely, baseball yeah. player and does have power. He had some issues sure. with injuries last year, but uh, he's healthy and uh, he's playing like an MVP. Yeah. Um, you mentioned him early in the show really briefly, but uh, switching over to the Mets, Cardinals, Mets get the W 5-4 uh, to four, despite the horrendous DeGrom news. They moved to 11-8 and eight on the season, but Pete Alonso hit another home run last night. Yeah. Uh, his seventh of the year. And he's got 18 RBIs already and yep. <clears throat> just kind of came out of nowhere. Talk about like a fantasy asset, at least for this first month. He's already wildly exceeded expectations. Yeah, and kudos to the Mets for not being one of those teams that keeps their star players down in order to, you know, keep as much control, as many users control as they yeah. can. But when you Rogers look at this that guy, this year too, they brought a bunch of guys up that with Tatis. Yeah, Tatis yeah. hit his sixth home run last night as well. But you look at just like the, the deep metrics, you know, his hard hit rate, uh, Alonso, uh, 54.3. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the high batting average, you know, 333, the seven home runs, the 18 uh, runs batted in. Uh, you, you know, I was aware of him and, and uh, you know, and I was a – and I was high on him. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to draft him. Someone beat me to him in every league. Well, what were your expectations for I think, him? I thought that he would uh, definitely uh, go 25 home runs at least. Uh, I uh, wasn't uh, 100% sure about the batting average, and it still might level off. Uh, I mean, his BABIP right now is at 410. So that uh, you know that might indicate that he has maybe a little regression coming. But, you know, you look at his minor league numbers – and you do pause a little bit because the, he played in the the uh, PCL, which is known for uh, you know a, a high uh, inflated offensive averages. numbers. So yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. But uh, I'm not shocked with the home runs. I'm a little surprised with the the high batting average, though. But uh, when, you know, when you say the BABIP is 410, where do you expect it to mm-hmm. be? Where do you expect it to level well, the, off at? The league average is 300. Looking at his uh, career minor league numbers, they're you know about between 330 and like the 360. So the 410 is is probably a little bit higher than you know. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Robbie, but that doesn't mean he can't bat like 280. I mean, which would be fine. 280 and 25 home runs, Uh, probably 30 at this point. (laughs) The Mets Mets would sign up for that in a second. Sure. He's already got seven homers. If he ends up with 30 homers and he hits 280, I think they'd be thrilled with that. Uh, You mentioned McNeil earlier. He's hitting 391, even though he went 0 for 5 last night. Robbie Cano, 3 for 5 last night. So uh, maybe pulling out of a, what has been a pretty bad slump. He's only hitting 218 on the season. Michael Conforto over two last night, but he drew three walks. His OPS over a thousand, hitting 315. You need know, to start going through it. The Mets are doing a pretty good job right now. They're 11 and eight. They're treading water. This Degrom news is terrible, but um, you know. Jason Vargas, who threw last night, he only threw the four innings and went sort of opener role here. How many pitches did Vargas throw? 75 pitches in 75. four innings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot, but um, 
he only gives up the one earned run. The the win goes to Seth Lugo, who came in and pitched the fifth and sixth innings. Familia with a hold, Gazelman with a hold, Diaz his seventh save on the year. I drafted Raulis Chapman. I think I was the first guy to draft a closer in our league, and I drafted him over Diaz. Did I make a huge mistake, or what do you think? No, no, no. Uh, the only you you couldn't see this coming. You know, hopefully the the injuries will subside with the Yankees and they can start playing the way that they normally would. But uh, Chapman will be fine. He'll get you his uh, thirty saves or so. Hey, My one side to mention was that the quick. Yankees would have more opportunities to win games than the Mets. Right. Exactly. So no. No. I'd rather have the closer. It's a good assumption. It's going to win more. Yeah. So go ahead. Yep. One more thing you said. And real, real quick, uh, Jose Martinez uh, playing right field for the Cardinals. This guy could just hit. Unfortunately, he doesn't feel very well. But with uh, Tyler O'Neill on the DL, Harrison Bader on the DL, he's going to be in their lineup. So the guy could hit. Just keep uh, keep an eye on Jose Martinez. We'll come up, wrap up the show after this. Adam Wainwright took the loss last night in St. Louis. So we'll come right back. We'll talk about everything else going on this weekend. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Studio 54. We, we we broadcast out of Studio 34, but Sean Angle's trying to turn it into Studio 54. Uh, a little old school disco for you on a Saturday You got the morning. disco so, ball hanging from the ceiling in your uh, yeah, home studio there? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do anything else? <laughs> How about my man, Herman Marquez? Yeah, he him, pitched uh, well the other night, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he gave him gave him I, a ton of hits last a night. A lot of people he didn't get a W, but he's uh, five innings pitched last night. Gave up ten hits, not involved in the decision, but he's been off to a good start. Yeah, a lot of people high on him. I I, I don't know for some reason I uh, I faded him, but uh, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> uh, five starts, what two point two five ERA? Hell yeah! Not giving up too many walks. Two point three walks per nine. Yeah. You have him in our pit I'll league? I you do. You have him in the fantasy pit? Okay. I do. So, uh, yeah, we'll, do. We'll, we'll He's been it. saving we'll my bacon because sale market. has been terrible. <laughs> yeah, you want Marquez and Moncada. I get it. Uh, everybody everybody does. Tyler Glasnow and Marquez have been saving my ass in the first yeah, month yeah. of the season um, because sale has been terrible. But uh, anyway. So that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, just looking at their numbers. Hey, in that league, I lost Trey Turner, so I don't want to hear it, Oof. okay? <laughs> Sale is pitching to an 8.5 ERA right now. Yeah. Chapman's only got three saves. But Marquez has 30 strikeouts and 2.25 ERA. Mm-hmm. And Glasnow has a 1.13 RA and 24 strikeouts. I mean, they've been great. So, Think about that trade Shane that the Rays made. They got Glass bacon. now. They got Austin Meadows back. Yeah. You know, from, uh, I mean, I know that uh, Archer's was been that pitching four? pretty well. Archer, for the, right? 
Yeah, yeah. But he's pretty like well as I've never too. understood yeah, why yeah. he couldn't put it all together. Can like long term put it all together? Right, but right, right. I still like him. I, I'm still like a believer in general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the Phillies uh, lost four three in twelve innings last night. They had seventeen hits. They five scored of them three from runs. Your, uh, yeah, five. That's of them right. from Harper, right? Yeah. And Bryce's Bryce Harper's first ever five hit game. He went five yeah. for seven last night with Fifth. an RBI. How many did they leave on base? Oh. Guess the number. How many they left on base? Oh my God! On seventeen hits, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Well, they see they they only scored. Wow. So I'm going to say seven or eight. How about eight? They I'll say left. Eight. No, they left nineteen men on base last night. What? Oh my 19 God! Nineteen men on base. They six walks <laughs> and the seventeen hits. They only scored the three runs. So they left nineteen men on base in the twelve inning game, which is why they lost. And it ended. And they took the lead in the top of the twelfth. And then Charlie Blackman hit a walk off two run bomb. Uh, and they went the nuts. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, really cool. You're right. His first home run of the year. I'm a big Blackman mm-hmm. guy, but uh, it took him a while to get off the schneid. Two for five last night. He gets the two RBIs on the walk off home run. He's been off to a slow start, as you said. It's his first homer. He's hitting only two thirty two. But again, all the it Rockies is early. bats. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was Aaron gonna say Nottle all the Rockies hitting. bats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But just no, just no, in terms fault. of it's my fault. Yeah. 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 No. 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 Uh, but just in terms of uh, the the entire Rockies team. I mean, I was looking at their team numbers uh, going into last night. I think they were batting 230. When when have you ever seen that? And I think their uh, slugging percentage was in the 300s. Then I looked at their schedule. I believe that uh, the majority of their games uh, were road games. So this this road home split in Colorado is real and especially real when it comes to Blackman as well. So uh, they've also had the injuries, you know, Daniel Murphy on the DL, David Dahl was on the DL, uh, McMahon, Ryan McMahon was he on the two DL, came back, hit two home so runs. Yeah, he hit two yeah. home runs the night before too. So things are looking up for the Rockies but that, that, I think that that's part of the whole situation is them starting uh, the year with uh, a majority of games playing on the road. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Arenado 0 for 5 last night, down to 247. They used almost the entire roster last night. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 players they used last night. And uh, a lot of zeros up there. So they still, mm. in the 12, 12 innings, only had eight hits. So uh, drew a few walks as well. But, you know, they're... As you said, I, I think they'll turn it around at some point. They're eight and twelve on mm-hmm. the season so far. Played a lot of road games, so maybe being back in the uh, friendly mile high ballpark will help them out. So, mm-hmm. uh, last game we'll get to probably for on the day will be Mariners Angels. Mariners take the W five and three. Mariners are fifteen and eight. What's the deal? You believer or what? Uh, um, their starting pitching is is questionable, but uh, this the start with the uh, with the offense. I think their offense. I mean, look at Domingo Santana, uh, two years ago uh, hit thirty home runs, uh, stole a bunch of bases. So uh, yeah, the fact that he's doing well uh, isn't surprising. D Gordon's always been a good uh, hitter. Uh, you know, I love Mitch Haniger. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce has been hitting a bunch of home runs, but batting on the 200. But uh, I think that once he levels off, you know, he's a lifetime 240-something hitter. So, uh, you know, he, 
he's going to level off in terms of his batting average, but you know he has a potential of 30, uh, 30 home runs. And this guy Daniel Vogelback, who uh, they had moved up and down from their minor league system, it looks like he's finally right yeah, it looks like he's finally put together. I think uh, he had a home run last night as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? Thirteen sixty seven OPS. He did. Uh, yeah. Beckham hit a home run. Vogelback hit a home run, mm-hmm. and Bruce hit a home run. Uh, I don't think they're this good. To Jay like Bruce, the fifteen yeah. and eight, they've kind of like yeah, you yeah. know faded a little bit, but they could be like a Playoff you know contender? a five. Mm, probably not. You know, I, I I think that maybe I could picture them maybe uh, an eighty four win team. You know, just just slightly yeah. over five hundred. So off to a good start here for them. On the flip mm-hmm. side, Mike Trout one for four, two ribbies. He hits a home run, two run homer for Mike Trout, his sixth of the year. Uh, I remember reading an article earlier this week, like, uh, when do you consider stats to be real and not phony, inflated early mm-hmm. April stats? And the line was, the punchline was, when Mike Trout is first in war. And he was first <laughs> in war like 10 days into the season. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so Mike Trout uh, obviously continues to produce. I have Angelton Simmons on our fantasy team, and he isn't a guy that I expect a lot out of, but he's been on fire this week. Uh, I was just looking at the stats. The last seven days, Angelton Simmons, yeah, hitting 321, so 9 of 28. You just don't get a lot of run production out of him. He scored three runs and four ribbies, but he's really like – my third string shortstop. So mm-hmm. uh, I just have him there for some at bats because I'm going to struggle at, at true shortstop because I'm jerks and pro far has been a mess um, mm-hmm. for the last. Yeah. He's been hot and cold. So. It's been a, a little bit warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He started off the season real, real cold. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Pro far. He, he was okay early the last, mm-hmm. but on the season, He's hitting 190. So right. <laughs> that's hey, keep I, mean, it, I can't keep in mind. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, keep in mind in our, in our league and this, you know, for our listeners, you know, know your, your league rules too. keep in mind. And I'm sure you know this, Mike, we can make daily uh, moves in terms of uh, I do free it agents. Time. Right, right, and also just even just changing your lineup too. So, uh, you know, if let's say uh, Simmons has a, a particularly good matchup, get him in there. And you know what? He's yeah. not going to kill you over his career. If you look, he's uh, you know, uh, you know, last year eleven home runs, ten stolen bases, the two ninety two batting average for his career is batting two sixty eight. So, it's much better baseball player than he is a fantasy asset. But yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. But in deeper leagues, yes, time, a little bit. Uh, yeah, right, right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's also just been a mess, and I know I'm talking about my team, but it's relatable. That's fine. It's That's fine. Eric Eric Hosmer. Mm. I just li- I liked Hosmer where I got him because I just thought that the addition of Machado would put him in a better position to like snap out of the funk that he had last year. But he's hitting 184 mm-hmm. right now. Granted, we we don't even have 100 at bats into the year, but right, he's got one homer. He's hitting 184. That's not who Eric Hosmer is like he should be a legitimate at least a 285 type hitter with some Mm -hmm. decent power nothing crazy yeah like that's that's who Hosmer is and he's getting paid a ton but I just thought the addition some of the additions that they made to the lineup whether it's Tatis or Machado whomever else they've added I just thought it would help Hosmer rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing 
Right, right. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, for his career, he's hit for average and probably more like, what, an 18 to low 20s kind of home run yeah. guy. What I what I found yeah. interesting about him in, in the preseason when I was looking up his stats, he actually, you know, Petco Park isn't uh, thought of as a, a hitter's park, but you know what? He, he batted 284 at home and 223 on the road, which is kind of kind of yeah. odd. But you're right. Yeah, you know, you're... that whole <laughs> that whole Padres team seems to have uh, gotten a little bit of a boost from having uh, Machado there, the Machado effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you would think it, it would continue to help. Last night, <laughs> maybe not our brightest example, but they, they lose the game in extra innings 3-2. to two. <laughs> uh, Not a lot of production there, but Tatis goes 1-3. for three. He scored both runs for the Padres, drew a couple of walks as well, hitting two ninety six early in the season. Machado... Uh, two for five last night. Uh, Hosmer, 0 for five, again, down to 184. Um, as far as the pitching was concerned, <clears throat> we had some good outings there, actually. And Matt Strom, yeah, Matt threw, Strom. Eight strong, threw eight strong innings last night. His ERA is down to 305, uh, only gave up the one earned run and five strikeouts. Uh, I feel like we, we, call, we, we talked about Anthony DiSclefani uh, uh too much on, on this network, but I always hear him mentioned, maybe not us, but I felt like he's been mentioned the last couple of years. Uh, maybe it's because we have a lot of Italian-American hosts, and <laughs> Anthony DiSclefani is such a strong Italian-American hey, Anthony. Name, yeah. yeah, that's right. Tony. Uh, six, six innings pitched. He gave a, a run last night, but uh, the decisions all went to the relievers. Stammen takes the loss, and Lorenzen gets a save with the win going to... Jared Hughes. So um, not a lot of stats in that game at all. Just uh, a long, uh, an extra inning 3-2 game. So that's it kind of for the box scores. Anybody in there, Reds, Padres, that you want to highlight uh, there? We, we kind of picked on the Padres a little bit, but uh, Yasel Puig is not doing much early in the season. Uh, he's only 183 right now, but a uh, long way to go and a, and a new ballpark and a new team for him. You looking what at the uh, Dodgers Brewers? Yasel, no, Yasel Puig about uh, in Cincinnati, like his transition to oh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati has been. Oh rough yeah, yeah. Yet. What the heck am I thinking of? Yeah, uh, yeah. Puig is he's, you know, uh, let me tell you my, just a, a brief history. I mean, I, I picked him up when he first came up. You know, he had a, a a good pedigree, but the guy just seems to get in his own way. <laughs> you know, a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, got That's why the Dodgers traded him. talent. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the Dodger guy that I that I like, and I know I'm going off uh, here is take a look at this Alex Verdugo, who was one for three last night, batting three sixty two. He's a guy that uh, could see see more bats, but uh, Puig, he's a guy that a, a lot of people were thinking that he get a big boost from his move to a very hitter friendly park in in Cincinnati. I didn't buy it that much because, I, like I said, I mean it's it just the his own mind, his own, uh, you know, he just, he, like I said, he just can't seem to get out of his own way. Yeah, so that's it. Um uh, take some other guys that I could uh, highlight uh, from my squad. <clears throat> Reese, Hos- Reese Hoskins has cooled off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he started off great. He had the five homers early this past week. No homers hitting 222. So last seven days for Reese Hoskins, not the best. Mankata, as you mentioned, is on fire. Uh, Simmons is better. Cody Bellinger, um, 
oh. has been <laughs> has had a good week. Two homers and um, hitting 444 this week. But on the season, look, Cody Bellinger's everything I wanted out of him. He's already got 10 homers and he's hitting 423. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he available uh, in the outfield and first base? Because I know that uh, yes. Yahoo is pretty. Yeah, so that's that's a, a big boost as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean uh, that whole uh, Dodgers team. I, for, for some reason, I've, I've, I guess it's because Kershaw was there and, and, and whatnot. But uh, you think of them as like more of a hitting. Uh, I mean, a pitcher pitching team. But last year they were second overall in home runs. Uh, yep. As of yesterday morning, they were second overall in home runs in the league. So they got a lot of boppers on that team. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, <clears throat> I like where my team is at right now. I think I'm going to have bigger pitching challenges than I'm going to have hitting challenges. But if Kyle Hendricks and Herman Marquez and Tyler Glasnow keep uh, getting it done, I'm going to be in good shape. Uh, And you would think Chris Sale comes back to uh, reality at some point in a positive way Mm -hmm. for me. He's either going to go on the IL or he's going to pitch better. That's That's right. That's simple, right? That's right. They're going to give him some sort of a break. If he his next mm-hmm. outing is a bad one, they'll like give him a break um, and put him on the ten day IL. Just give him a rest of some sort. Hopefully, just the ten days. Uh, how about yourself? How about your team? Uh, the team, the league that we're competing in. Who's the guy mm-hmm. that has been a, a a boom and who's been a bust so far? Well, so far, Aaron Nola's been a bust. If you look at his numbers, uh, they've been pretty poor. He pitches today, so uh, we'll see. Unfortunately, it's at Colorado. So uh, we'll see. Uh, In terms of a a, a boom, uh, Tim Anderson's been going off. I know that he's got a potty mouth. Yeah, he has. In more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah, but you you look at his numbers, and, you know, when I drafted him, uh, you know, I expected maybe like – uh, 250, 260 batting average, but the potential for 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases is what uh, attracted me to him. Uh, he had me at hello, and uh, so far he's doing well. I mean, and, uh, obviously uh, Chris Davis just keeps on just hitting dingers, man, and he got that little extension from the A's. So it's not Let's so see. little. It's not a nice extension. You don't see the A's yeah, yeah. money too often, but right, good for right. him. Guy hits 247 yeah. every year, and he made him 34 <laughs> million dollars. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the the forty he's locked for forty home runs every year. Yeah, and you, and you look at it. him, and he's a little guy. He's another little guy that just uh, yeah. Just... Like he goes to show that if you can do if if you can do one thing in a proven fashion in mm-hmm. any sport, really, you got a job for a long time. Yeah, That's yeah. What he does, he happens to be really good at this one thing. So, thanks for listening this morning, everybody. You'll next see me live for NFL draft coverage, and I'll be back here next Saturday with Joe Galena. So up next is George Kurtz and Cam Stewart for the Weekend Fantasy Update Joe. Great to talk to you as always. Talk to you again soon. A lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody.